Hey guys, welcome back to Hug Your People. This is Kevin and I'm excited today. We have quote unquote live audience. <laughs> uh, Laura's on. And so uh, we're going to be taking some questions. Uh, today what I want to talk about is what do I have that Baxley doesn't that I can give him? Welcome to Hug Your People. What do I have that Baxley doesn't? This was uh, this is something interesting. I do. I watch a lot of YouTube videos and inspirational things, and um, you know, it's really challenging when you go through something like this because you're trying to figure out. Um, you're trying to figure out what what you can do, you know, because most of the things that you're trying to do are out of your control. You know, I can't control the disease. I can't control. I can't even control the treatment. I control how we respond to it. So. What do I have that Baxley doesn't that I can really um, help him with? You know, and keep in mind Baxley's four, so um, he's got a ton of things I don't have, and I have a ton of things he doesn't have, and that's how we contribute to one another. But some of the things I was thinking about, you know, what can I, how can I help Bax? Um, courage was one thing, and it's not that he doesn't have it, it's that he doesn't know how to intentionally tap into it. Um, bravery tags onto that. Diplomacy, big one. When you're dealing with hospitals and, and, and everything that goes into treatment, diplomacy was big. Um, oddly enough, charm, uh, which I thought, at first I thought was funny. I had to really think through these. I thought, I thought you know, how can I give Baxley charm outside of what he's already got because he's a really charming little boy. But I, I thought that that was something too. So let's just start at the top of the list. Uh, courage, you know, what do I have that I can give my son that will help him on this journey? Courage was a big one. Courage basically by definition is just, uh, you know, and I, I Googled it so that I could make sure I got my words right. Um, that I wasn't just drawing from faraway places, but strength in the face of pain. Um, and so when you look at what we're going through and the things we're doing, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, moments where Baxley's just, he's, he's in pain, you know, um, which makes me in pain. Um, there's some moments where he's not in pain and I see a picture or something and I go to pain and I, I'll give you an example. I'm doing a video now of videos and pictures that we've taken over the last two months from day one. Um, cause that's, we just luckily had that intuition to take a picture when he was getting on the helicopter and, um, things like that. And the hardest thing that I'm struggling with now is editing that video because I have to go back to those pictures in that video. And so when you look at courage being the strength in the face of pain, that is something I can give my son because a four-year-old's, a four-year-old, you know, if they get shot with a gun or they get pinched, the response is the same, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's exactly the same. It's the worst thing that could have ever happened to, to me it just happened. And so I think when you look at what I can help him with and, and that translates into, you know, me and my wife helping each other with as well, giving him some strength that we have to go through this pain. We have to go through this shot. We have to go through this, whatever it is. Um, and just charging forward and facing it head on. Uh, yeah, Laura, they live in the moment, good and the bad. Yep. hundred percent. Um, then I think that's something that I really, that really benefits a four-year-old that I can, as an adult, make a decision that this sucks, but we have to do it, you know? And it comes down from catheter, uh, taking medicine, you know, um, going to the bathroom, like he doesn't want, doesn't want to bathe, doesn't want to cut his toenails now. That's a big thing with us. You know, they look, they're, they're long. <laughs> but, you know, we pick our battles. And so 
I think courage was, was a big thing. And, and I tagged bravery onto that. You know, I'm wearing my brave shirt today. Baxi's wearing his too. And so bravery is something that's, that's, I think is innate in a lot of people. Um, but it ties into courageous, but it deals more with character, I think. And it's, you know, bravery being something that you just, you do without decision, you know, meaning you're just, you're going to do it and you're going to show up and you're going to fight and you're going to love and you're going to hug and you're going to care. All of those things I think fall into bravery because it just is something that just shows up, you know, and it was hard to, to watch him because he is so brave because he doesn't, he really, he doesn't have a choice. Like, and he just does, he just shows up and does it. And so I think that's something that he can give me, but also something that I can give him. If every time we had to do something hard, I got emotional or I buckled or I, I didn't put on my, you know, my, my big boy pants and charge forward, that would translate into him. And he would feel a different way about some of the things that we had to do. So I think bravery is part of it. Um, diplomacy, man, this is a big one. I love our doctors and I love our nurses and I love all the people in our community, but everybody's got advice. Everybody's the, you know what you should do kind of, kind of stuff. And, and I love all that. I really do. But you really have to, you really have to be able to manage those relations in a sensitive way. And you really have to be able to manage, you know, and right now I'll, I'll just be, completely transparent, you know, and give you the big win that we've gotten lately is we've back since March 22nd, we've had to um, use a catheter for Baxley's bladder to function properly. Um, two days ago, we were able to not have our first day where we didn't have to use a catheter and he was able to, you know, basically pee on his own. So, you know, go Bax go, you know, like that's a huge win. Um, now, as parents, what we want to do is encourage that behavior and we don't want to punish. So he hates the catheter. <laughs> he hates it. Now, I don't think it causes him very much um, physical pain anymore. I just think he just generally doesn't like it, you know, and it's, it's, we have to you be there and we're on the floor. It's just this process. And so I don't think it's really physical pain as much anymore as it is just he doesn't like it. But when we were able to, he was able to go potty on his own and we were able to take measurements of it and, and determine that we're, he's peeing as much as we were cathetering out and he's doing it as often or more often than we, when we catheter. So if we start cathetering anyway, he's going to associate, well, I'm doing that and I still have to do this other thing. So we just kind of made the decision that as long as he was doing it frequently on a, on a regular basis and the volume coming out was comparable to what we would get out with a catheter, that we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't use the catheter unless it was a necessary thing. Now, our, our urologist is probably not gonna be happy. Probably not, um, because they want us to continue doing it. And, um, and so we'll have, we go into treatment on Thursday, so tomorrow we'll have that conversation. But being diplomatic about how we have that conversation with the doctors, um, I'll definitely be taking the, the lead on that conversation. Um, because they tend to be very scientific and very by the book and very black and white. And there's no gray area. You either do or you don't. And from where we sit, it, there is a gray area because my son has certain feelings around it and we want to encourage a certain behavior. And we have to be diplomatic about that. And we have to be sensitive to how does he feel if we do this thing and then we do the nasty thing that he hates and doesn't like.
what does that do to him? Does it reinforce, does it make him mad at us again? And which he's been plenty mad at us over the last two months um, with, between the medicines and the shots and the, the, all the stuff, you know, but I think, I think really being diplomatic in a way that's still effective is the, is the, the, the line we walk, you know? So when you go through something like this and I don't, and you can translate this into business, into marriage, into partnerships, into life, into friendships, really being diplomatic about how you handle situations is, I didn't realize what a great skill that was and what a great tool that is. And I didn't realize my own, like I was pretty good at it, but I didn't realize that I needed to be a lot better at it because in this situation, you know, when you're standing over your son's hospital bed and he's just been diagnosed with cancer and you have to learn how to catheter and there's a urologist telling you it's so simple because they do it 40 times a day. And there's a nurse telling you, we're just going to hold your son down and he's kicking and crying. Like, diplomacy comes in there and there was a funny story my wife can hear me I hope she doesn't mind if I tell it but she we were learning how to catheter and she was doing it and it was a challenge for both of us to learn and she said some choice words to a nurse in the middle in the heat of the battle uh, immediately followed by an I'm so sorry and a hug <laughs> you know and so there is an element of being real in the middle of your diplomacy <laughs> Um, so I think that's something that, you know, when you look at what, what does Bax have that, uh, or what does he, what do I have that he needs? That's definitely something a four-year-old does not have. They don't have very much diplomacy. Um, and for us to be effective in treatment, Suzanne and I have to be very diplomatic about how we handle the doctors, how we make decisions, when we catheter, when we don't, when we get meds, when we don't. Um, we have a lot of medicines that are optional based on symptoms pain meds that we try to use sparingly um, and we try and, and determining whether it's real pain or just he's feeling icky. Um, and there's pretty some like, you know, significant stuff in there that can create problems long-term. Um, and so we try to do that. And I, I think the last thing that really charm, I, this made me chuckle, made me laugh when it's what can I give my son that, um, that he doesn't have all, uh, right now. And charm made me laugh because I think he's charming. I think he is a charming little dude you know, and he is in his own right, but charm being the idea that you're giving someone else delight, you're, you're making them happy, you're giving them uh, something they can use to overlook maybe some struggles. And so I think looking at that, because when he's not feeling great, or he's doing something he doesn't necessarily want to do, I can charm him into it being fun. You know, when I'm feeling a certain way, he can charm me into thinking a different way. You know, so that's a two-way street. His big thing now is, I, you know, he says, I love you a lot. And I eat that up. And the best thing that I can, you know, process, you know, I'm a coach and I, I'm very, I'm, I get the woo-woo and I, I want to look at the whys and I do all the stuff that a coach would do. So I look at why would my son's volume, why would he increase how much he says I love you? I think that he understands we're doing things we don't enjoy too. And he, and I think probably he wants, he wants to take that burden away. He wants to let us know that it's okay, that he's not mad, he forgives. Um, but he also wants to know that he's going to charm us from a place of feeling a certain way to feeling a different way, you know? And I think that's something that is, um, it gets me emotional to think about that. You know, um, it just does. I think it should. You know, because the last thing we want is for our toddler, our, our friends or our family or the people we love the most 
for them to feel any kind of guilt that we're having to go through some stuff, you know, for them. Cause we would do it without question, without a doubt. We don't, I don't even think about it. Right. And I think really what all of this boiled down to for me was I, I have people all the time saying, Oh, you're so strong. You're so, um, you know, inspirational or whatever it is. And, and I, I get it, but I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine the other night. He's a dad. His son is two years old. So a little younger than, than my son. Um, and, and he said, uh, and, and I told him, I said, listen, I said, I know you, I know you as a dad, there's no decision. There, there wasn't, a, I, I never made the choice of I'm going to show up. Like you just do, you know, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a choice of, do we get on the helicopter? It wasn't a choice of, 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 do we get treatment? It wasn't a choice of, do I love, or do I catheter? It wasn't a choice of, there was no choice around any of that. The, the choice that I have is, do I give my son courage? Do I give my son bravery? Do I give my son, do I provide diplomacy for his treatment? Do I, do I inter- inject charm when there is none? When nothing is fun, do I inject charm into his hospital room or into his bedroom or into his playtime? You know, the other day he fell down on, he, he's, he's obviously, he didn't walk for 25 days. So, and he lost a, a lot of weight. And so that's been a challenge. And the other day he fell down, he was outside playing with our neighbor and he loves it. And he was trying to do things that he used to do, but that his body can't quite do anymore. And he fell and bumped his knee. And of course, you know what that does to a toddler. It was the worst thing you could do. There was no blood, there was no scrape, there was no scab, but we had to get nine band-aids out and cover everything, <laughs> cover everything up. But in that moment, how do we make it fun? And doing eeny, meeny, miny, mo with a Dory Band-Aid and a Superman Band-Aid was how we injected charm into that situation that we had to be sensitive to, you know? And so I think when you look at what, you know, the real point of this podcast is to share things that I learn just by showing up and by actually teaching me who I need to be and by me I, acknowledging who I already am. And I think we as people don't do that enough. We don't acknowledge who we already are, right? And it really comes down to decision. And there were some things that I didn't decide. I didn't decide to sit in a hospital room for a month. There was no way I was leaving that hospital room. No way. You know, and we had our nights, we alternated, you know, don't get me wrong, we took care of ourselves, but there was really no way that that wasn't a decision. The decision was if I need to cry, go in the bathroom. Right. I remember those days too well, man. It gets me, um, I can go back there like that. And I think that's why it's so hard to edit that video because it's so fresh and so new that all those feelings, they're not done yet. Like they're still here. And so I can't talk about it from a place, um, you know, at Suzanne Evans event, a few weeks ago, you know, I, I, we were on stage and I, it was such a touching moment that I just, I broke down and cried, you know, and, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not apologizing for it. That's part of it. But what I have to be careful of is Baxley doesn't want to see his dad hurt. And when he sees tears, he knows that means pain. So I'm not afraid to do it in front of my son. It's just right now we have to decide to be stronger than then he's got enough tears of his own. He doesn't need to cry my tears too right now. You know, the good news is I've documented it pretty well. So there'll be a day when Baxley can go back and watch, you know, watch his dad 
watch his dad cry and watch his dad be strong and be sad and be mad because there's an element of us that's pissed off that we're in this situation. It's not fair, you know, but we, we have to look at it like, well, what have I, over the course of my life, my 45 years, what have I got, been able to gather that a four-year-old just hasn't had enough time to gather that I can give him that's going to help him now? And that really was the point of this, because I think we're all walking this earth with gifts that we can give someone that they just haven't had the time or the experience to earn yet. But if you give someone a little bit of courage or show them a little bit of courage or bravery, it may, it may advance their path. It may allow them to see that in a different way. And I honestly think that that's what people are seeing that I'm trying to give my son courage, but there's a lot of people watching or some people watching because we've invited that and they're picking up on that. And I think that's where when, when people pay the compliment of your inspirational, I don't think it's necessarily inspiration. I think it's they're seeing me give my son courage and bravery and charm and diplomacy. I think that's what is, is coming across. Um, so as hard as it is, it's very simple. And you just show up every day and you try to do the best you can. And someone asked me, a client of mine asked me today, how are you doing really? And I said, it was a good morning. I said, I can't think, I can't think anything beyond that. You know, I can't think about tomorrow when we're in the hospital getting treatment and there's some moments where it's not fun and we're unsure and we're asking questions or maybe we're getting a lecture from the urologist, <laughs> which is likely to happen. <laughs> and, and I can't think about that. Well, you know, I know that this morning was good. I know that right now it's, he's fine. He's not in pain. He's doing the things he needs to do. My wife's doing the things she needs to do. I'm doing what I need to do. And that's it. You know, I can't think back a week ago when it wasn't that fun. When we were having to do the catheter every four or five hours, three or four hours, and it was a challenge. And then there was a point where he was getting better. And then all of a sudden he wanted to, he sat on the pot, he said, I got to go to pee. And I was like, that's awesome. Let's go. And he did. So, yeah, I know, right? Like that's, um, that was an amazing win for us just as a family. You know, when, when you take the normal things, you know, we had just gone through potty training, uh, uh, you know, when he was, you know, three and he was in a good spot there. And I, I, I made a video of his birthday party, which happened about, um, it was a, a few weeks, two, two and a half, three weeks before we got on the helicopter, we had a birthday party for him, uh, for Bax. And I was watching him and then, and that brought up a lot of emotions around, you know, things that us as people do, Did I, should I have known what else could I have done, you know? And, and, and then you, you exit that place real quick and you, you know, you look at what we did and my wife and I had, we have to have this conversation more often than we want to, but we did everything that we should have done. There's nothing else really that we could have done. It doesn't change our feelings around what's happening, but the, now we have to look at it like, how can we, what is our decision now? Cause there was no decision about most things, you know, we're going to get treatment. We had to decide which treatment was for us. Now, what is our decision? Show up courageous, show up brave. Um, be diplomatic when we're dealing with all people in our life about this. Make sure we're approaching it with sensitivity as much as we can, you know, and, and then just bring some charm and bring some laughs and bring some fun and make sure that we're having kids over to play that he, he experiences that kind of normal stuff because he can't go to school anymore. He can't go to public places very often. You know, he, he can't, we have to get doctor's approval kind of thing. Make sure the blood counts right before we go to the store. You know, it's that kind of thing. So for 
for this podcast episode, you know, really we've talked, I've talked a lot about the story and, and the journey and, and, and I don't even know if journey is the right word, but it's what I'm going to use. And cause it very much is, it very much is a, how do I grow on a day-to-day basis? How do I help actually grow on a day-to-day basis? How can I use this to help other families? And we've met so many families that are going through similar or the same or um, something completely different, but they can relate to, you know, and, I think that's that's kind of the, the magic of it is that when you when you have the when you have the courage to make this part of the big wide world, you realize how you're not alone. You know, and it's when we keep things inside and keep things locked up in our little safe room that we feel the most alone. We're trying to protect ourselves from telling the story and being vulnerable. We're trying to protect ourselves from possibly getting hurt more. And the weird part is what we're actually doing is we're doing the opposite. We're not allowing the help to come. And that was a big, that was, that was one of the big, biggest decisions we've made in this process was do we talk about it? Do we ask? What does that look like? What does that feel like? It feels lousy. I'll tell you that now. But once you, once you start interacting with people and, and trust me that, the hugs mean as much as everything else. You know, we've had some people be very, very generous with us and help us out so that we can focus on what needs focus. But that means as much as a hug. They're, they're equal. They really are, depending on when you, and that's really where hug your people came from. That was the sentiment behind it, you know. When Baxley hugs me, it means something, and it's wonderful. You know, when I hug my wife, it means something, and it's wonderful. When I get a hug from a stranger who says, Hey, I saw you on Facebook. Just want to give you a hug. It means something and it's wonderful, you know? So I think that's really where we have to, the big lesson for me was I realized that I have some gifts and some talents and some things that I've just been able to gather that I can give a lot of people. And if I'm open to it and I'm, I'm aware of it and so does everybody else. And it's been proven that other people have things they can give me. And if I'm willing to accept it, they're willing to give it. And that's beauty in this world. That's a beautiful world. You know, that's what Hug Your People is all about. <laughs> you know, it really is about the, the, give and, the give and receive and being okay, no matter which side you're on, being okay with it. You know, if, you're, if you need to receive being strong enough to say, I, I, I need a hug right now. I need it. You know, being, being that strong and not just walking around until someone offers it, someone recognizes that you need it and offers it. I think that's been the, the biggest growth in, in my family over the last uh, few months. So uh, I hope this, this helped a little bit. Any questions? Uh, Laura, do you have any questions? I'll unmute you. You can feel free to chime in or. Well, in a situation like this, I think for people on the other side of it, um, I think you're right. People are generous. People are good. They want to give. They're, I think the biggest thing is not knowing how to support people going through what you're going through. Um, yeah. I think a lot of times we either avoid the conversation or we say, well, what can I do? And you don't have an answer. You're going through what you're going through. Correct. Yeah. Um, so really the question I guess I have is, and, and what I want to say too is, 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 you talk about courage and bravery. You you brought that up and being giving that to Bax. Mm-hmm. Having the courage and bravery to get on and make your struggle so public. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, Thank you. 
So my question is, in, in honestly, honestly, what, you know, you and I have never met personally, what can people do? I, I know there's um, the money piece of it, which is very, very important. Yeah. What, what answers can you give to people who just don't know what to do or what you need or who want, who are even afraid to even approach your situation? That's a great question. It probably deserves its own episode, which I, I think I should do. Maybe I can, maybe um, that, that's a great idea, but I'll answer it here. You know, when you're, you look at our process and to recap a little bit, you know, over the course of um, five or six days, we went from being diagnosed with constipation to being diagnosed or, or being airlifted with a tumor. Right. So the emotional process and the, there's just no time to play catch up. So when people say, what is it that you need? Oftentimes the honest answer is I have no idea. Don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, until I need it, I don't know. Um, so as we started to unpack and figure out what we need, you know, my wife went back to part-time with her job. Um, so her salary is probably going to be about a third. Um, my business went from growth model to maintain model. Um, so we won't be, you know, my real estate business, it, it, it won't exist this year. So the financial, not to mention the bills. So the financial piece is important because, you know, there's just a lot of, you know, so our income was down, our bills went up and we have to move to Florida for two months and we're in the hospital, you know, a lot this year, you know, so far we've been in the hospital about 32 days, um, since, you know, the end of March and we'll add some more to that. So the financial piece is, is important. Um, because most families, one of the parents or one, or the, if it's a solo Both parent, parents work. Yeah. yeah. They, they have, and one person has to quit, you know? And so recovering that income just to maintain the house and the cars and the food and everything like that is, is, is very important. Um, I think, you know, support and having an open line of communication, um, and respect for time. Because if, when you think about how many people reach out to yeah. you over the day, I think that's where the sentiment of, I don't want to bother them, or I don't want to, you know, I know they got a lot going on, or, you know, I have a lot of relationships that aren't necessarily like locally, locally close to me or immediate family, but that I care about. And that, so I think it's a, it's, it, that is a very big struggle. And I've had actually conversations with people who I love and are very dear to me. And their sentiment was one conversation was really great. And he said, I just don't know what to say. Right. You know, and he said, I don't know what to do. And I certainly, and I don't know what to say. And so I said nothing. And I was like, I get it. Like I I'm in tune enough that I understand that, you know? And so I think really asking the question, what do you need today? Or how can I help you today? How can I make this afternoon easier for you? Kind of dwindles it down and also not, contributing to the decision-making process. I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, it really is, is that, that, you know, we have a team of doctors and nurses and specialists that are, are doing their best to make sure that we come out of this squeaky clean, you know. Um, our oncologists have been in cancer research and study and medicine for decades. Our, our, we have a urologist that same, and our nurses, the best, you know, so we have a team of that. So, and, you know, I, I tend to go down a holistic path for my own so, so I, I do my research on that. But one of the, one of the best things I think we give in these situations is don't create more decisions. And I'll tell you a hilarious story. Um, someone had bought us dinner 
well, we, when we first got to the hospital. And those are the kind of things that are very useful, very yes. useful. But we, we, we were in the middle, we were in the thick of it. We were new to it. We were just all the emotions, all the, and we were having to decide. Actually, I think was moving from ICU to the, the lower levels, a lower level ICU. So it was a relief, but still tense. And so they bought us dinner at a specific restaurant. So we called the restaurant and placed our order. And they said, oh, we don't deliver to the hospital. We're like, great. <laughs> so we called it. <laughs> We called another restaurant and I ordered and they called us back and said, we're out of everything you ordered. And I was like, this is not how this works. <laughs> it, was this, it was this really hilarious moment of having to make more decisions around what I'm going to eat. And I, told, um, I said, at this point, I just want Chick-fil-A. Just give me a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> somebody decide and just show up with it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and it was, it, it was really the kind of thing where, um, not, you know, we, we, we ate out a lot because we were gifted meals and we got tired of eating hospital food. And so that was something that um, early on that we, we were able to do, but um, there was that, that moment brought up, you know, the fact that I wish, <laughs> I wish we didn't have to make decisions around mm. anything outside of minute things outside of back. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. So, I agree. So while I think asking the question, how can I help you this afternoon is, is great. I think just being in tune enough and saying, um, you know, here's 20 bucks, whatever right. you go do that. Let me, let me buy you lunch. Here's 20 bucks, whatever that looks like for you guys, or here's a coffee um, or just, Hey, I'm thinking about you. Here's a card. Um, okay. You know, and I think we, our neighbor's kids, they mowed our grass. They didn't, they didn't ask us. They just saw that it was tall. They knew the situation. And so they mowed the grass for us. Like just, uh, they didn't ask. They just did. And I think when you look at people who are in situations like that, you know, your, your intuition is probably not wrong, you know, but there also has to be an element of, are you creating more or are you taking away? Right. You know, and I think taking away decision is the best gift you can, you can have. And I think default looking at the situation we're in and knowing a little more about it now, you know, when I see someone else in a similar situation, I think the best thing I can do is probably, just help a little bit with the financial piece right um, because that really is the biggest mountain that you face um you know i mean the i, I talk, talk about it all the time because i think it's so outrageous but the helicopter bill was like fifty six thousand dollars you know we won't pay all that we have insurance you know and and so there's you it might it's probably going to cover all of it you know but just getting that bill and going oh <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a trip. So, so I think that's, that's probably, um, you know, the, the best thing for people in, in the situation. And I think just, you know, if you have a really re good relationship with them or they're a dear friend or family member, just showing up and not asking to show up, just kind of showing up, you know, and that was, that was it because here's, here's a, and this probably could be its own, but I, I had a conversation with my dad. My dad is very, he was very upset when Baxley got diagnosed and it hit him pretty hard. And, and I said, dad, I can't decide when you show up to our house, just know that the door's open, you know, because I just can't make that decision. I, I have too many other choices to make throughout the day. And so that for me was a powerful moment between my father and me. Um, and then he does, he does. And we, you know, he checks in like, Hey, I'm on my way, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but the decision's already made at that point. So I, I think, you know, I don't know that there's a right answer of what's the best way to get in touch or the best way to support, or 
I don't know if there's a right answer because I see every family being different. And there, there are families right. in our, in our situation that go bankrupt. There are families that get divorced over stuff like this. There are families that, um, they just don't ever recover emotionally. Um, and so I think it's very unique to each family and each person and each kid, you know, and I think when you really look at what, what are the, what are the parents trying to do? The parents are trying to support most parents. They're trying to support their child. And so so, anything that can be done to help you either free up the time, free up the money, free up the resources and decisions outside of, I mean, they could go pick up toilet paper and bring it over because you don't have time to go to the grocery store to pick up toilet paper. Correct. Whatever. It could just anything that supports you in frees you to take care of that baby. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you can kind of piece together what the need is, you know, um, based on, you know, like our neighbor came over and did our laundry, which was Mm -hmm. like amazing, you know, but she knew that when we got home, that would be the last thing we needed to deal with. You know? Um, And so it was, it was things like that that really looking back, we're like, wow, that was nice. We didn't ask for it. Did we need it? I don't know, but it was nice. Um, and, And so I think that's, that's probably something that, I will look at in the future. I may write an ebook about it. I, I don't know what it looks like of the ways to give, you know, yeah. and I don't have all the answers. Certainly I don't have all the answers. I, I know that everything that has been given to us has been helpful in some way. You cool. know, it has been helpful in some way um, from the shirts to, to the hugs, to the cards, to uh, obviously, the, you know, we've have been blessed with a lot of people who have financially contributed to us focusing on Baxley um, wagons, you know, helping other kids, like everything has meant something and it's yes. meant just the world to us. So I think, you know, if your default is, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to do nothing. Rethink that, you know, and figure something to do. And it, it doesn't have to be, you know, this grand gesture. It doesn't have to be taking, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to move the entire mountain to help just someone. Just a piece of it. Yeah. yeah. You just, you help someone take one step. Yep. You know, and that could be a coffee. That could be a lunch. That could be just a, a, a nice card handwritten that says, I'm, I love you guys. I'm thinking of you. Um, whatever, you know, it can be something like that, but I think really uh, I'm going to stick with that. Like if you can help someone take one step, then you've done a great job. Awesome. So, um, so that's that. So Laura, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. And I appreciate Thanks for doing this. And uh, I've been following along. Good. The first time it, came across my page. Um, I have a thing that I do where I specifically in the mornings and the evenings go through my Facebook feed. I'm a coach as well. (laughs) Uh, And I look for people to pray for. Um, And so it's a funny thing uh, the the algorithms in Facebook, the more I do it, the more those people come up. Yeah. As you were going through this. So amazing. Well, let me know how I can help you. And for you guys out there and hug your people land, this is Kevin, episode four, I believe we're on. This was been about what do I have that other people don't that I can gift them and find that gift and go give it to the world. As always, don't forget, hug your people. Love you guys. We'll see you soon. Laura, thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. Bye-bye.